Hello, and welcome to The Blueprint, lifestyle design podcast, unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life. And now, ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future, here's your host, Andrew Lord. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Blueprint, episode number 54, and it's Andrew Lord here with you. And I just want to tell you, before we get into this episode, how grateful I am to have a positive community of people around me. You know, it means so much. We've seen a lot of devastation in recent weeks with uh, these floods here on the mid-north coast and Port Macquarie uh, undoubtedly has been one of the hardest areas hit. And it's been terrible, but it's also been wonderful to see the community rallying together and supporting one another. And it's such a beautiful thing. Makes me feel so blessed to, to be living in such a special space, but also makes me feel blessed to have you guys, um, this community of people who are committed to living their best life ever, tuning in each week to The Blueprint. So thank you so much for being a part of that, that community. And today on the podcast, we are talking with Ben Mayello. Now, Ben Mayello is a, is a good friend of mine. His family's been a good friend of mine for many, many years. I first met Ben, uh, I knew his family already, but I first met Ben when I missed a flight to Sydney and I had to travel down. He kindly offered me a ride down to Sydney and uh, I had, the hours that we had um, in the van were, were great. You know, he was a deep thinker. Um, a kind person. He had wisdom beyond his years. He's a great listener. He's He was involved in construction back then, but ever since then, he's been all about um, helping people. I've seen a lot of work that he's been doing with health coaches. Uh, he's an expert in video marketing. I know that he's done a lot of great work there on the Gold Coast. He's been a speaker here at the Port Macquarie uh, Luminosity Youth Summit. He's also done some transformational work uh, down in Melbourne, uh, working with young people. And his most recent project, the most urgent project, I guess, is this GoFundMe page that he has set up to help try and get his dad uh, back on track after the aftermath of these, these terrible floods. And so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about what is it to be successful, even in the midst of trials. And I just want to let you know that the sponsor for this episode is the GoFundMe page that we are sharing just below wherever you're listening to this. Make sure you listen to the podcast, hear about Ben's story, and then click on the link and give generously uh, at the end of this episode. You're going to learn a lot from Ben and his family and the way they've handled this crisis. So let's get into this episode. Ben, I want to welcome you to The Blueprint. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Andrew, and, and I really appreciate that, that introduction. Thank you. So we'll just get straight into it. If you could just tell us what it was like, or maybe even further back, was there a stage where you didn't think it was going to be that big a deal? Yeah, for most of the day. So the flood, our place started flooding around about 4 p.m. on the Friday. Um, for most of the day, it didn't really seem like anything crazy was going to happen. I say that there were severe weather warnings um, given that morning, but for most of the day, it was just a bit windy. Uh, there was some heavy rain, but as the afternoon carried on, it started to get a bit real. Um, at one point, the backyard started filling with water. Mm. And at that point, I was like, okay, this could, this could actually get hairy. And when that happened, you know, what were, what were you feeling? What was the atmosphere in, in your house like? 
We had a flood. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I think it was about 16 years ago. Mm. And that flood only made it up to the floor level of the house. Yeah. So I kind of had that in my mind as a reference of, oh, it couldn't really be worse than that. Mm. But when it did, when it, when it got to the floor level of the house and it, it actually reached the floor level very quickly, to give you an idea, we're on a, we're, we're in a raised house, so the house itself sits on piers. Um, but when it reached that point, the time it took to get just from ground level to the floor level of the house was seemed like less than an hour. Wow. So because it happened so quickly, yeah, I, I certainly felt like it could get pretty extreme. So I was feeling, I was feeling, um, yeah, just a bit anxious. I think mm. that would be the main thing because yeah. we've got a lot of stuff in the house. We've got animals and yeah, got, got pretty bad. Yeah. So for people listening, I will link uh, to to Ben's uh, video where you can see his, um, you know, his documentation of, of the event. Uh, you'll be able to click on a link wherever you're listening to this podcast. But Ben, could you just sort of run us through, you know, exactly what happened just for, for people who haven't seen that? Yeah, so we live on the river. Um, got a five-acre property, and throughout the the morning it was it was raining, and then afternoon the rain started getting heavier. Then we were kind of monitoring the riverbank, and we've got a there's the river, and then there's another ridge that runs up beside the river, so it's kind of mm-hmm. almost like a, a backup bank, and it's pretty high. It must be close to two meters high above the normal sort of river level mm. um so we were watching that and yeah by the time that had climbed to the top of that second bank um the paddock had started filling up with water and um from there within about an hour or so it reached the full level of the house um we were able to get the horses out in time got three horses or one horse and two ponies actually um, we were able to get a lot of the chooks out. So we got about uh, a few dozen chooks, um, but we did lose probably about, we think, 14 or 15. Mm. Um, yeah, by the time we got to the floor level of the house, you know, we weren't really prepared, but we were just kind of running around wildly trying to get things of value. And, um, you know, we took the cars across the road. It's, slightly higher on the other side of the road mm. so we t- took all the cars across put whatever valuables we could grab into the cars and um from there so from the time it reached the floor level to what happened after that within an hour of, of reaching the floor level of the house it was kind of almost at chest height in the house wow. itself that's how fast yeah. it was moving mm. and it was coming not just through the river side of the house, which is our back door side, but by the time, um, yeah, it was, it was gushing into the house. It was also coming from the front road side. So it was coming from both ways. Yeah. Right. So being in the house was quite dangerous at that point. Yeah. 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 Wow. And tell us, what does it look like now? Like, I know there's been a lot of work uh, done in the last few weeks to, or last week or and a bit to, to try and 
recover. But, um, you know, when you first walked back in, what did it look like? Oh, it was just, it was like something off a, off a movie, you know. It looked like, without exaggerating too much, it looked like a bomb site. Yeah. Um, the, I was trying to remember, I, I think I walked around the back because I couldn't get in the front door. And there was just stuff everywhere, not just mm. our stuff. Like things had just washed in from all over the community. Mm. Um, I walked in through the back door of the house into the kitchen and it was just filled with furniture. Um, to give you an idea, there were you know, things from the kitchen in the bedroom at the other end of the house and things from the bedroom in the kitchen. Like everything had just been swirled around and everything was upside down sideways there was mud everywhere yeah mud mm. was coating everything um it was really surreal it seemed a bit like a dream yeah so where were you at the time of the the peak you know when the flood hit its peak so i think it probably peaked at around about might have been seven o'clock seven p.m mm. So kind of three hours after it entered the house. Um, at that point, we and a whole lot of other members of the community were at the sports club, which is just over the road from where we live. So there are about 20 of us in there. That facility had also lost power. Um, luckily, it had a second story. So we we're all able to get up high. It's a brick building. So it was pretty secure. Mm. And we were all just in there, mostly in darkness, just with you know lights from our phones, kind of looking out the windows and and doorways at the at the the water which now surrounded the entire area. Yeah, and I can imagine that must have been a fairly helpless kind of feeling looking out because you can see your house from the club, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just was. looking out and seeing it, you know, coming up and over. It was yeah. a helpless feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what does it look like now? I know that there's been a lot of work done um, since. Um, I was there for a little bit, but I was um, I was blown away by the amount of people that um, were were there and helping. You know, can you explain that process a little bit for us? Yeah. So, from the very beginning, there were people helping us get stuff out of the house or move it up higher. Mm -hmm. um, on the day of the flood, people around the community, a few of them came into the house and, and were just helping us straight away because we, the, the position that our, our place is on the street relatively low. So I think we're in one of the worst spots. Mm. So people were really good like that. Um, yeah. From the second day, so the day after we came back and we probably had about uh, would have been close to two dozen people mm. like all these people just showed up and were helping us roll up carpets and well it was just a lot of hosing on that day a lot of hosing squeegeeing brooming mud out of the house um, moving the biggest bits of furniture that we could just to create some sort of pathway so you could move through the place mm. um, but since then I've just been absolutely blown away. Like we've had, I'd say on average, like a dozen people a day from the community, but also from 
Port Macquarie. Um, we've had people travel from, you know, even Queensland, family members mm. and friends. Every single day, pretty much, of last week, it's just been, you know, nonstop action, people coming in, helping us move stuff, hose stuff down, um, saving, you know, kitchen items, crockery, and, and just lots and lots of washing. So it's it's really been amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's so good to see. Um, I spoke with your mum uh, briefly and she sort of communicated that that was a big, uh, big thing for her just to have lots of people show up because she said that it would have been, um, you know, just an overwhelming task uh, without that. Can you tell us a bit more about, you know, you would have seen a bit more on the inside how your parents have been handling it and, and responding? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been quite interesting because, you know, I don't think our family's seen a level of devastation to this degree. Mm. And you kind of expect there to be a lot more breakdowns and tears and not to say there haven't been some, but it's just been it's been good, I think, to see that, you know, for a start, none of us were hurt. So we're all physically fine. Um, and other than the chooks that we lost, um, it's it's really just been our material possessions. Mm. And it's been really good to see how my parents have handled that. They've just taken it really well, considering the amount of loss there's been. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's really shown me, you know, that their values are, you know, as much as we all value our, our stuff, that at the end of the day, you know, we can live without it. We can rebuild as long as we've got each other. It's, it's all good. Mm. And did you kind of have that view before this? Like has has your definition of success changed um, throughout this experience or perhaps just been more solidified by it? Yeah, I think it's been, um, I think it's been more simplified. Um, to give you an idea, this last time I, I moved back in with my parents just at the start of this year and I've moved a lot over the last few years, probably at least seven times. Um, so there's been a lot of getting rid of stuff. Every time I've moved, there's always been more stuff that I've just let go of. Mm. And this last time I moved back with them, all of my stuff I could basically fit in a little hatchback. So. You know, that, that's been a journey for me of just simplifying, minimalizing, and just keeping the things that I actually really value. Mm. But, yeah, this event has just, I mean, for me, it's been cool to know that I haven't lost a great deal. I mean, the most expensive thing I owned was my laptop. That was $3,500 worth. And so that, that was a bit of a bit of a bummer to lose that hmm. but um yeah besides that it's it's all just stuff that can be replaced and so i think this experience has shown me even more that at the snap of a finger everything can change and the most important thing is the person that you are and the people that you have with you yeah that's good well said thank you um 
for the people who are listening and who've been following me for a little bit, they would know that I coach in lots of different areas. I coach in physical space, in business, in family, in fun and adventure, lots of different areas. I just want to touch on some of those now because I think that they've all been, you know, impacted by this situation. So what does, what does home mean to you and to your family? What does your physical space mean to you? Like you've just described that you're on a bit of a journey with um, minimalizing that, but can you mm. just describe what that, what that means just for you and your family? Yeah. It's interesting. A couple of days ago, I went for a walk back to our home. So we've been staying a couple of kilometers up the road with some friends, which has been really good. And about six o'clock, 6 p.m., I took a walk back down to the house, um, our home that was flooded, and just sat there as the sun was going down, nice afternoon light, and I was just looking around and everything's still basically covered in mud and still looks like a real mess. But mm. just being there felt, it really felt like I was at home. Mm. And that helped me to realize that that space has given me that or, or does still give me that sense of belonging that we all look for, mm. which is interesting to me because I think I've really looked for that for a long time. Yeah. And so what it comes down to, I feel for me is feeling safe, um, an environment you can be in that's familiar, um, an environment that's open, um, a place where there's nature and there's a sense of peace and serenity and and a place that you've actually spent time with people that you really appreciate. I think all of those things um, contribute to that sense of home. Hmm. Has there been any, um, I know when I was there, I was, uh, uh, I reconstructed a, wheelbarrow that was barely a wheelbarrow and your your dad kind of had a bit of a chuckle about that he said that's that's a the way that teacher uses a, a wheelbarrow um has there been any other like moments of levity or you know moments where you guys have just had a bit of a chuckle and uh in, enjoyed each other's company just through this weird surreal experience oh yeah there's been heaps of those it's been really good like I was saying before, I've just been amazed at how my parents have handled things and, you know, the people that have come into our home to help, they've just been so good. It's just been so much joking and laughter and, um, yeah, lightheartedness. It, it's, mm -hmm. I've, I've got to say it's, it's really been quite fun because the atmosphere has just been people working together to do something together. You know, mm. no one's there getting paid. Everyone's there out of the goodness of their heart. So that in itself has just been so uplifting and inspiring. Um, mm. You know, you get all, all kinds of different groups coming along. We had um, a, a group of builders come along the other day to help us put the roof on a shed, which we've been looking to put up for a couple of months now but just haven't been able to. So a friend of dad's just organized this team of builders to come and um, in a single day, they got the roof up on this shed, which was just a huge accomplishment. But the whole day, mm. they're just, you know, making jokes and 
it's funny i had my my gopro set up so i could do a time lapse of them putting the roof on Hmm. when they found out that i was filming they're all making jokes about you know sucking in their guts and putting their (laughs) putting their best side to the camera and things and just a really (laughs) hilarious group of guys so yeah plenty of magic moments like that yeah that's really cool um you you've got a, a gofundme page set up um that's mostly to get your dad's business back on track is that correct yeah so my dad's an arborist he um had all of his chainsaws and and tools and gear that he uses they're all sitting out in the shed which was one of the first areas to get submerged Mm. so it's an interesting one with fundraising you know you've you've got to put forth something that is vulnerable open honest transparent but also really engages people to get them um on board and and help them see the vision of what you're trying to do Mm. so you know initially i was thinking well help us rebuild our house type of thing but I, i think the first thing that was important was to know that we're able to bring in income to be able mm. to do that by ourselves, to be self-sufficient and not, not just completely reliant on, on other people. Yeah. So yeah, we set that fundraiser up so that we could get all dad's gear fixed, um, get our tools replaced. That's really step one, I think in, in the many steps to come of rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So for anyone listening, uh, I'm going to put a link just below uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I really encourage you to to get behind Ben and his family and um, help get them back on track. It's been a, a really tough time for a lot of people. But uh, what I've uh, seen in, in this particular family is uh, just as Ben's been describing, you know, a resilience, a lightheartedness, um, compassion for each other. These guys have um, inspired me to do my last podcast, which was the things, the five things that you need to remember in a crisis. And so, you know, I really encourage you to, to click on that link and get behind them. Um, any, I've, I've put out a a donate link, uh, for myself as well. Any money that I collect, uh, through my own fundraising pages is going to go to support, uh, these guys as well. Um, Ben, you know that I've got a lot of respect for you. Um, I, I love your family dearly. They, uh, just seeing what you ha- guys have had to go through has stirred up a lot of, uh, compassion in me. I think your, uh, your family's amazing and, um, really hope that we can do something to, to support you in this time. And I just want to say thank you for you know holding up the way that you do i was really impressed by the maturity that you were showing you know directing traffic at your place the other day and um i just want to wish you all the best uh for the for the next few months and years as as you guys um get back on your feet thanks andrew i really appreciate that and it's it's always really lovely to hear from other people um the way that you appear to them and you know the way that our family has has inspired you that that's really amazing so thank you very much yeah no problem all right we'll catch up soon mate sounds good andrew thank you and there you have it another great interview here on the blueprint in the midst of some terrible devastation you get to witness in this family some amazing personal strength resilience 
and some people who are truly connected with their values, people who have given some thought on what is their own definition of success and uh, in the midst of a struggle doing their best to doing their best to live that out. Uh, they've also got a beautiful community around them. So people who, you know, in gender words, even from Ben, like fun and inspiring. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are actually a part of that community. I'm connected with Ben. I'm connected with his family. But if you're listening to this podcast, you are part of that community and you are in the perfect position to reach out and help them. So I really encourage you to give generously to Ben Mayello and his family. They are not asking for, you know, rebuilding of their house. They're just asking for some support in step one, which is the tools that Tony needs to get his business back on track. I would love to see this, uh, his GoFundMe page blow up and we could, um, you know, break that limit by another three and a half thousand and get Ben his, his laptop back. So that would be awesome. All right, thank you so much. Like I said at the beginning, I really appreciate you, my community, uh, listening to this podcast. That's all from me for today. Bye for now. Is it me and you? Is it mom and dad? Is it a cockatoo? Is it standing by your mate when he's in a fight? Or will she be right? True blue.